This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome, everybody, to the Browns post-game show here. It's episode five of the Browns Film Breakdown Podcast, and we are celebrating a win tonight, uh, a spectacular game. Uh, I'm uh, I'm riding on uh, cloud nine right now. Uh, Jake, how you doing? John, I'm pumped, man. It's as, it's as awesome a situation we could have hoped for. Seems pretty <laughs> surreal now in retrospect, having been removed from it for... 30 minutes now. I mean, we're doing immediate reaction. I think that's important that's right. in this situation, having not won a game since 2016. You and I had planned to do a 5.30 a.m. That's the devotion we have to this whole thing. But I said, hey, let's get on this thing. Let's talk about it. We won't have the usual analytical approach we like, but we do have the gut reaction, which sometimes is valuable too. And we can always clean that stuff up later in the week if we want. But yeah, man, we won a game like an NFL football team and it felt pretty surreal. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just um, was, uh, I, you know, it was a, a hell of a roller coaster. Really, is what it was. You know, uh, you know, I, my thoughts were that we were going to come in and win this game, and through one quarter, it went about as badly as you could possibly imagine it going. Uh, with you know, Crow. I guess it would have been a little worse if uh, Darnold was the one doing most of the damage, but you know, Crow doing it was plenty bad in and of itself. You know, he he wipes his ass with the ball. Tosses it into the crowd. New York's up, you know, 14 nothing, And, uh, you know, here comes Baker to save the day. And what a change. Uh, it was just uh, incredible start to finish from, uh, you know, at least from when he came in on. Yeah, John, good point, man. I mean, this game, as you said, started as poorly as it could have possibly started in terms of feeling ultra Browns in terms of the crowd, the emotions within that crowd, the offense playing at a snail's pace in terms of moving the football up and down the field. The, the crowd could – you could feel them kind of mounting pressure on the offense. And uh, you talk about wanting to bring somebody in who can somehow immediately change the culture. You talk about Baker Mayfield about being that one guy. Now this is all supremely premature, and he's played – three quarters of football, not even three quarters. He's really played a half of football, so I'm not getting ahead of myself. But for one night, it was everything you wanted. There were tales, a tale of two games, like you said. It was pre-Baker's entrance into the game and post, and uh, we'll dive into that here momentarily. But there's, there's no doubt when we look at Browns players who played well, 
that it it begins and ends with Baker Mayfield because the defense was doing its thing. We all presumed it was going to do its thing, but when Baker comes into the game there, the two-minute drill in, in the second quarter, the temperature in the entire stadium changed. It was um, – I, I, it just was everything you, you, you'd want to see. And we'll talk about, again, the breakdown of it all. But but to me, it begins and ends with Baker. Who else did you think John played well who stood out to you just from a, a first viewing of the game? Well, I mean, you know, nobody was perfect, um, you know, but uh, Landry it just came up huge and I think was uh, earning that paycheck that we gave him. I'm so hyped right now. I, like, I'm, I'm trying to like keep it calm here. But, yeah, I would say uh, Landry came up with a, a couple of huge plays. I know he had that drop that uh, Baker hit him in the chest, and uh, I think that's a little bit of a, um, a sign of – not taking very many snaps or passes from Baker Mayfield. Uh, but overall just, you know, that, you know, that one huge play um, up the seam mm-hmm. where Landry comes down with that catch. I, I mean, that it was a perfect ball and it was a phenomenal catch. So I think Landry would be my number one guy to mention uh, beyond Baker Mayfield. What about you? I, I could go through a plethora if you want me to. I, I think sure. I think the guys who stood out defensively, I'll just go each level. Larry Ogunjobi completely dominated the middle of the field, um, ended with eight tackles, four of which were solo, uh, two TFLs, tackles for loss. Didn't have any uh, effect on the quarterback, but I thought he played the run game much more effectively today, which was really important. Clearly, they focused on keeping an eye on him with two people in past situations, which opened up Miles to, I think Miles might have had, I think Miles had a sack at least. He might have had two. Miles did have a couple quarterback hits. He had two sacks. So, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, the, the, you, you get one of those two going, man, and it's it's tough to defend, and they got one going again. Larry controlled the run game. The Browns are really, outside of Larry, and I tweeted this out in the middle of the game, kind of stagnant. Up front, I'm not sure. Trevon Coley is very just meh. You, you, what you see is what you get, and he's very surface, and they could really use improving that position. Luckily, the draft in 2018, this is way off, sorry, 2019, is is loaded with defensive front talent. So we'll cross that bridge yeah. later. But they, they need more production up front outside of Larry, uh, you know, moving forward. I thought in the linebacker group, Joe Schobert played as well as any of them did. I didn't think Joe stood out all too often. He had seven tackles. Uh, four solos, a couple passes defended, had a quarterback hit, obviously that big interception late. I thought he was all over the field. I need to break down the tape with Joe, but I just, from a linebacker perspective, I thought he played really well. Uh, Secondary-wise, Denzel Ward comes up with a, just, a, just a ridiculously huge uh, strip on on Robbie Anderson on, the, on that slant when, when the Browns really needed it to get a jolt of energy going. Thought he played pretty well. I actually, once again, thought Terrence Mitchell played really well. I have to watch it. I know Pepper's left with a shoulder injury, um, you know, but we'll have to see how that plays out. He was. He was was doing his usual thing in the run game. I see it. Terrence Mitchell led him with five tackles in that that group. Demarius Randall was fine. Again, they didn't really – the Jets didn't really challenge them down the field, so it was was sort of moot. But uh, that's, you know, sometimes taken away by coverage. We'll, We'll look at all the tape on that stuff. But Denzel Ward's play was obviously the most important one in that in that grouping. Uh, offensively, like you said, Jarvis Landry, 15 targets, eight catches, 103 yards. Uh, just sticky hands, man. He dropped one ball there over the middle, but you know it, it happens. He's he's a he's a complete difference maker at a position that needed difference makers, and that's that's important. That's really important. And 
I can't say enough about him. I thought David Njoku showed a little bit of a pulse tonight. He's only going to get better as he plays more with Baker. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I I was really happy to see him uh, have a bounce back game. Um, you know, especially but you know I, I have to wait for the tape to see uh, as far as blocking wise. But you know, he made a tough catch. I think his bigger second throw coming in. Uh, he made I think two more. I mean, he just you know I think it was a nice bounce back game for him. Um, and I think a lot of that had to do with. Uh, with Baker and the energy that he brought back into that game. But uh, it was nice to see a bounce back there because I was starting to get a little worried that we weren't going to see, you know, uh, the kind of improvement that we wanted to see out of him in year two. And and now this gives me some hope there. Yeah. 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 We've talked about this at length, John, that he finished last year strong. You want your tight end to keep growing. He's still young. He's only 22, sometimes tight end progression, tough position. It's not always linear. He started out rough. I'm trying not to panic. Um, but he played better tonight as he moved into the slot with Baker. I need to see, like you said, what does he look like in the run game? Because that's as much important as you know, a couple catches. He had two. He only had two targets where he caught both of those, that 19-yarder down the middle. Then he caught a little RPO ball looking over the middle of the field. I'm not sure yeah. if that was a true RPO or if it was just play action, but I know it looked like what we associate those two with. I thought Richard Higgins played well. I, I, he only had three targets, but he caught all three of them for 32 yards. He had that unsung recovery on that weird Duke Johnson fumble on the sideline where Duke thought he was out of bounds and the play just kind of kept going. But I thought, I just feel like Higgins has a knack for being in the right place at the right time. And I thought he played well in terms of bringing in balls thrown his way. Antonio Callaway could have had a monster game. He obviously had the ball tie rod under through by uh, five yards that got knocked down. That would have been a touchdown. And then that ball over his left shoulder, he dropped, but I, I like Antonio Callaway's future. He's going to be fine. Uh, Carlos Hyde, I thought, you know, 23 carries, 98 yards, 4.3 yard average. He, once they put him in the gun, it's almost like I've been saying this, John. They put him in the gun and let him get downhill and inside zone, which is what we all saw at Ohio State. It's It, it started to click, and that's that's what you want to see. And, and 23 for 98, easily a couple touchdowns could have easily been 100. It's... It looked right. Now, I mean, there's no reason still. I don't think they they should get Nick Chubb more involved. I think they will eventually get Chubb more involved. But I liked what I saw from Carlos Hyde tonight. What did you think? Yeah, I, I did like what I saw there. I think I had more point to, and I think this maybe started in the second half more than anything else, but we finally started to get uh, some good hats on uh, defenders uh, in the run game. I thought the uh, I saw some – well executed run plays for the first time this entire season. I was really happy to see it. And uh, I think, uh, you know, Carlos Hyde was reaping some rewards there for that. Uh, but he also made some tough ones too. You know, that, uh, that stretch for the touchdown was beautiful to see, yep. you know, he fought hard. Uh, but yeah, it was just nice to see some life finally from this run game. Yeah, it was, it was, it was really just, I hate not being able to watch it when we talk about it because something clicked when Baker came in. Now, here's what I'm going to say. Typically, when you fear a quarterback that can drive the ball downfield effectively, DB's second-level players stop playing on their toes and play more flat-footed. Makes a difference. So we're going to have to watch it. You know, I, I spent a lot of time talking with folks. I had tweeted out today that, expecting Baker to come in within the same schemes Tyrod was using and expecting a miracle was pretty silly. And, you know, I, I, I might look silly. That's fine because really they didn't do a 
ton of different things schematically, I didn't think. But Baker played quicker tempo in terms of getting the ball out quick, being decisive, seeing the middle of the field. My, my question is this. Here's where I'll go with it. They, they never gave the kid first-team reps, very few. Now, this is camp. We haven't seen – media hasn't seen any of this stuff since camps have been shut off. Camp practice – or sorry, regular season practices have been shut off. Maybe he's getting more reps with the ones. I got to listen to what player interviews say. I know Hugh Jackson has already said, I don't know who I'm starting next week as typical Hugh Jackson. <laughs> but if this kid is showing what we saw tonight – John, he was 17 of 23 – for 201, and he didn't have a touchdown or a pick. He only had one sack, but he there were four. He could have been 21 of 23. He had one bad throw the entire game. He threw that ball in the back of the end zone that should have been picked off. Yep. But I just don't. Here's where I'm at with it, and here's where my thought process goes to presuming where I was presuming. I said, "There's no way this coaching staff that needs to win games can 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 think the way I think." Like I. I don't do this often, but I was on the Baker Mayfield train before anybody I knew last year. This was like right after the Ohio State game. And I said, this kid can play. He's the best player on the field every week. Why is he not being talked about? He's the be- he's my best quarterback. And the, the, you check the Twitter receipts. Like I, and I, I, the, the guys who are gurus, who are smart guys, Pete Smith, a huge Baker guy, I love Pete, but I was on it before anybody else was on it because I listened to a podcast Pete was on back then and he was talking about Josh Rosen, as everybody was. There's no, You're not wrong, but I, I just was confused why this kid isn't being talked about because everything's there. He's just not 6'3", 6'4". So here's where I'm at with the Browns bringing it back to the current situation. If he's that much more advanced within what you're doing, how do you not see that? How do you put your team at a disadvantage playing Tyrod Taylor? And this, I, there, this is so my mental thought process was there must be something in practice that I'm missing that it's just not there for him in practice settings, and they're not seeing what they need to see to start. And like at some point, John, I don't care if you you want to sit there. If the kid is better, you play him. So what what is? I need an explanation. If I were in the beat, I would say what is going on. Like, how do you miss this separation? Because what we saw from Tyrod Taylor tonight was not an NFL quarterback. Like I like Tyrod. I think he's a good human. He is, he has proven over the last few years to be a relatively respectable quarterback in the NFL. But what we saw tonight and really what we've seen the last two weeks for the most part have been really putrid. Now could the, could the pairing between Todd Haley's offensive structure, I'm I'm rambling. So shut me up anytime. Could the pairing between, (laughs) What what Todd Haley wants to do with with what Tyrod Taylor is is just not a good fit. I'm I'm trying to understand. I'm trying to mentally process how it how it how they miss this. How it is it is so it was obvious from the first three reps of the game Baker Mayfield played. So how are they instant difference? How are they missing it? I just don't understand it. So yeah, maybe I look foolish today saying what I said, but I don't. I don't get how you miss. I don't get how you miss it. I'm not behind those doors. I don't know what the con. The conversation might be Todd Haley saying, "Hugh, buddy, listen." Him and John Dorsey, all three of them are in a room, and they're saying one of them could be arguing the right thing, and the other could just be saying, "You're not playing the kid." I don't know, but but to put, but to 
do your franchise such a disservice to play Tyrod the way they're playing him, it doesn't add up. Something is really amiss. I would like to get an answer on it. I'm not sure if anyone's going to craft that question the way I'm crafting it. Maybe they will. I'll read the, the stuff tomorrow, but I just don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. I, I believed in Baker. So it's not like I was trying to hold Baker back. I'm just saying like, how can you miss that big a margin? That's where I'm at. Now I agree. Uh, and uh, just like you said, by the way, uh, you can check my receipts as well, because uh, I was, <laughs> I, I was uh, one of the few people uh, and there was only a handful of us on Brown's Twitter that were all on the Baker train uh, pretty damn early in this process. And, I, and you and I yeah. didn't know each other much. And I think I remember having some conversations with you about it. It's yeah. no, absolutely. It's, it's like, I, so what I'm trying to say is it was never for me about saying Baker can't do it. I, I I've known the kid can, I wanted, I've wanted them to take him number one when it was just a silly, this kid's not even going in the first three rounds conversation. Like, right. so I, I, what I wanted to believe is that my franchise with a head coach who is in absolute desperation win now mode could not be so foolish as to keep this kid on the sideline if he gives them a better chance to win. It doesn't do you see where I'm saying like A plus B does not yeah, equal do. C here? Like if, if Hugh was here for three years and he was just hired and it was guaranteed and he was let it all play out, I get it a little bit, but this whole thing is so weird. So I'm trying to understand it. I, I don't know if I'll understand it, but that that's where my mind is tonight. Like I didn't even expect Baker to rip it like he was at the second half. It felt surreal. Like I thought he would play okay, but to 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 come in in the second late second quarter of your first live, really your first live run with the ones that matters, and you go <laughs> tw- you should have been because you put those four balls were a plus catchable. You go 21 of 23, or even if the real stat line says 17 of 23, come on, man. Like, this is is just – it's an amazing overlook because here's my other thought process, John. You cost your team two wins. You you cost your – if this is the gap, you cost your team two wins. So – that's right, which must be, which might be his job. Yeah, that's where I'm at. I, I'm 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 probably going to pin something and waiting for next year about this tomorrow. But, um, you know, I, I'm I, it is what it is at this point. They 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 better. I tweeted it out, buddy. This is this is that was as gutty a win as I've seen from a rookie quarterback, period, like ever. And that's not hyperbolic. That's ever for me. I mean, he plays the whole game. What does a kid throw for? Three fifty? Like, come on. It, it, so. It basically moved it at will. Yeah. Like my point is this kid is the, this is his franchise. This is, there's no questioning it now. You cannot put Tyra back in the fan, the, the fan base will eat you alive and they should eat you alive because what we have of Tyrod's tape and what we have of Baker's tape is JV and varsity level right now. There's no comparison. <laughs> so um, I would expect that decision is made the correct way. Um, it, it, it feels like we're just going to hop on the Baker train. It's going to go off the rails every now and again for a while, but it is, uh, it is nice to feel like we have a future at this position that doesn't feel like fool's gold. Now that, you know, I'm in a hundred percent agreement. I, th- I think it's a case of Hugh driving the bus here and he painted himself in a corner, uh, by saying that Tyra was his guy. He, he wouldn't look the other way, no matter what kind of evidence was presented to him. 
uh, and uh, it might cost him his job. Although, also, uh, you know, I I know I retweeted this because this was exactly my thoughts as well. My biggest fear is that Baker Mayfield saves Hughes' job <laughs> because he's that much better. Uh, you know, so and, and John, I'm okay. Uh, I, I I I don't know how to feel about that because that's a good point. That's a very good point. Like, if the offense plays as the offense played tonight. That's not terrible. Like it can, it can work. Like if Todd Haley, if he fit, if Baker fits and it, and it, and it hums like it hummed tonight, I, I, I don't, I mean, we, we have a, a preconceived notion of what Hugh is and it's, it's likely right. Like I get it, but <laughs> Greg is doing okay. He's got his personnel. They're, they're a top 10 defense. You, you have this kid who now has 10 days to prepare for Oakland, 10 full days, gets to watch him play Sunday. And he's obviously very comfortable within what they're doing. You know, it's, it might, it's not the end of it. If he stays, if they win, they, okay, win, just win. I think it's all solved by winning. If he wins and he keeps winning, then our opinion might change of him. There are problems with this franchise still. The special teams is an absolute disaster. There are clearly still things that are going wrong. But if they're winning, it remedies everything. I guess is what I'm saying. What I lo- I don't know where we'll all be, we'll all be in. I don't even want to think about it, John. To be honest with you, maybe in seven weeks we feel completely different. You know, would next year the idea of pairing John DiFilippo up with him? You know, it's it, it, the the opportunities or paradigms of thought here are all over the place, but. Um, if they're winning football games, I, I feel like we'll probably have a slow opinion change of Hugh because he might be doing some things as just an overseer that makes some sense. I, anytime you have success found by the Jimmys and Joes, it changes people's opinion. Now, um, we, right. we've seen enough sideways stuff of Hugh that we're always going to have a little bit of a sour taste in our mouth. Like I saw today and I was, somebody had randomly asked me, you know, if Hugh goes, if Hugh wins every game this year and next year, he'll still be under 500 as a head coach. So, you know, I get it. <laughs> I don't know what that magic number is. I don't know what that he stays, he goes number is, I don't know. Maybe he does save him his job and that's the worst thing that could happen. But, uh, um, I don't know. I guess my head doesn't want to think about all that right now. I just kind of want to be happy. <laughs> no, I agree. And they, uh, you know, uh, Baker Mayfield, it wasn't just that he was making those quick decisions. I mean, watching him operate that offense from the huddle to the pre-snap, um, how he's processing these things uh, pre-snap, uh, he does not look like a rookie. He looks like he's ready to play. Yeah. And I don't want to hear the excuse of, the Sam Darnold excuse of, well, short week, short prep, rookie, like, well, well Baker's prepping for New Orleans and Baker prep for jet for the Jets. And like, I didn't, I, you know, we'll, we'll talk about guys who I think didn't play well, but, um, you know, I, they, they gave Sam Darnold fits like, and I was really happy with the guy we have as opposed to the guy they have. So, um, I agree. Yeah. We'll talk about that later, but you no know, Baker, prepares to play against new Orleans the same way as if he was starting Baker had a short week to prepare for this game. And, you know, he was thrown into the fire in the second quarter. So yeah, it's, um, you know, it, it's, it's impressive. I'm just, I'm impressed all around. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, and I think that first pass, you know, to Landry was probably the first pass he'd ever thrown to Landry. Yeah, yeah. I would imagine. Practice or not. I would imagine he didn't throw it in Njoku very much. I would imagine, I mean, he threw with Higgins but and Callaway, but yeah, I mean, getting in the huddle with that first, I know he had a little bit of that, that when Tyrod went down against Philly with the whole pinky dislocation, but for the most part, uh, yeah, yeah for the most part, he has not been with, as far as we know, he could have been getting more reps with the ones in practice but i caught a quick snippet of him on nfl network and it sure didn't sound like he's been doing much with the ones still so um when he was when he was talking so yeah yeah here we are let's let's talk about who we thought did not play well um obviously tyrod was four or 14 for 19 i don't i don't know i i had higher expectations for what tyrod was he has put together three games of tape that was miles worse than what he was in Buffalo. Um, right. I, I don't, I don't exactly know what is going on. Uh, mentally, he, he's not anytime people bring pressure, he is magnetizing his eyes to pressure and he is not feeling where they're bringing routes to replace from the pressure. He's at the top of his drop on that deep ball to Callaway. He was very lackadaisical and lofting it out there, almost showboating that ball out there instead of being mechanically sound, stepping up elbow pin and driving it. I didn't, I didn't like any of that. And then his complaint when the camera caught him about Callaway going up and getting it when he underthrew the ball by five yards was really unsettling to me. I didn't like it at all. So um, I don't, I don't have good things to say about him. I'm sure the film is going to be very unkind to him when we get an all 22 angle. I don't know what time. I don't know if we have to wait until Monday night to get that, or if we get it early, I've never, I've never had a Thursday game. So I don't know how the game, they do game pass works. They do get it early. It'll, it'll be there. I think, uh, I think Saturday. Oh, that's good. That's good. So, um, yeah, he's, he's, I like Tyrod, man, and I pulled for him. I wanted to work out for him. I wanted, I should say it's now past tense. I wanted it to work out for him. I, I will always, John, I will always support. I have a hard time not supporting quarterbacks, especially guys who are viewed as stop gaps. It's just I used to play quarterback, and I get the stress that comes with that position, and I will always pull for guys no matter the situation. And uh, I can be I can be one that favors a player too heavily, I'll admit that. Uh, and that happened a little bit with me and Tyrod. I got to the point today where I I almost tweeted it out, but I didn't want to. I just I I can't defend what he's doing right now. I didn't think he did. This is his worst on tape performance of the three. He kind of he kind of magnified or uh, upped the intensity on all of the complaints. He was holding on to things as blitzes were approaching his face. He was inaccurate uh, for the most part. It just it's just not friendly. It, you know, four four yards. Sorry, four completions, 19 yards is a 1.4 yard average. It's it's not good. <clears throat> um, we'll keep going. I thought Callaway didn't play poorly, but he had those chances that were missed that I thought, you know, even on the ball that was short, eventually you want him to get comfortable going back and high pointing that if he can. He could have played better. I would not say he played poorly, but he could have played better. And then that ball on the sideline in the two minute when Baker's first drive, I thought he was very. I don't know if he didn't know the play uh, or what, but he was very lackadaisical coming out of whatever route he was running and then didn't shield well. I think he will tell you he could have played better. Put it that way, John. Yeah, no, I agree. The, the only shot that I got uh, from an all-22 type angle 
was one where, you know, another one of these things where we're seeing him get to the top of his drops and then do nothing with the ball, you know, and, and uh, surprisingly, you know, it's ran, it, it was, um, uh, Landry that was running free, wide open, and he just wasn't looking at it. Yeah, there were a couple uh, times where they caught them in cover two. Good point. That's a great point. Caught them in cover two, and he he had broke free. And it happened to Baker once too, but it did happen with Tyrod twice, where uh, I'm not quite entirely sure uh, what happened there. So you know, um, yeah, I he's. Tyrod's struggling, man, and when when you're struggling as a quarterback, it feels like your eyes are going to the wrong place every single time you drop. And he just he feels the pressure. He doesn't want to take chances because his whole thing is calling card is I don't turn the ball over. So the ball we saw from Baker up the hash to Landry that was just really magnificent. You wouldn't see Tyrod make that throw because he just doesn't have the confidence to make that throw um, at all. Uh, that that's probably all that played bad offensively in a first view. I can't really say anything about. Uh, line play until I see it. Uh, we'll we'll see. Yeah, Joe Batonio had a nice little fumble recovery run. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Joe Joe Thomas was very yeah, excited. I, about I that. knew he would be. I'm glad somebody caught that on tape. That was funny. Um, <laughs> I agree. Defensively, I thought from a first view, I I will correct myself or any of you who listen to this, I will correct myself tomorrow or over the weekend if I watch tape. I just thought Jamie Collins was very slow. Uh, I didn't, I, you know, the jets were running a lot of stretch stuff that was working well for them outside zone that the backside linebackers often really responsible for scraping on cutbacks. And it just, he just was getting walled off consistently. Uh, the run game was a problem, which I didn't love to see because it's really, it, it sort of manifests from earlier week one where I thought they had some issues. So we'll watch that closely tomorrow to see what's going on. I just, I don't love Trevon Coley. He really irks me. I feel like he's lazy. I just feel like he could be so much better at disrupting things at the point of attack. That easy walk-in Crowell touchdown where Coley just gets just washed down and he doesn't even fight it. So I get there are gap responsibilities, but when you see the back working back the other, like at least try to pivot and turn. And it's, I, I, I need to see it. I, 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 I could be wrong. There will be people who break it down better than I will tonight. So I didn't love what I saw from him. Other than that, the only other thing that was really poor was was once again, and we're going to hash this conversation over and over, is special teams, man. Like <laughs> three three penalties on punt returns that just they kill those penalties. Freaking kill you. They they kill you. He three holding two holdings and a block in the back. I think were the the. The numbers, so, a couple of bad ones. Yeah, too. not just, you know, ter- bad, just bad, terrible. Bad and they're not getting anything from people returning the ball. Like I love Jarvis; he's going to catch most of the punts that are put in his direction. Which that there's something to always catching the punt because some teams occasionally struggle with that. Uh, but he's not going to give you anything in the return game. Like I need Antonio Callaway to be a factor doing those things. So I don't. I, I I'm sorry, but I don't want my strong safety, my box safety, and my nickel corner tj carry taking back (laughs) kicks like that is not ideal so i need them to find somebody to do that i don't know who it is matthew days may bring him back anybody dude like that should be a, a guy's role to to do so they need to solve that i will say somebody i forgot to mention i thought played really well earlier i thought Jennard avery played well again uh just just doing his job. He didn't have any pop plays, but he was in pass coverage a few times, had a nice pass breakup. 
that I that I really liked. He only had one tackle, but he did have a quarterback hit. He did have that pass breakup, and his one tackle was a tackle for loss. So he's just sound. He's a good football player. I, I'm, I'm interested to watch what his tape looks like, um, you know, overall. But let me look at some team stats while we're here, too. This is a little bit discombobulated, so if you're a fan of structure, we apologize. But um, <laughs> So the Browns. Um, let's see here. So total plays, the Browns had 11 more total plays, 74 to 63, which is good to see. They had 323 total yards over 268 for the Jets. Holding any NFL team under 300 yards is awesome. That's two weeks in a row of that, I think. Um, passing the Browns through for 190. A little bit of that is sack yardage that gets taken out. So Tyrod's sack yardage really hurts their total yards. Baker threw for 201, but they teamed up for 190, and then they ran for 133. The Jets threw for 161 and uh, and rushed for 107. The Jets, I mean, the big difference in the game is the Jets had three turnovers, those two interceptions, and that fumble by Anderson that was huge, and the Browns didn't turn the ball over. So that often tells a pretty clear story. It's pretty even time of possession, 30 minutes, 52 seconds by the Browns, 29 minutes and eight seconds by the Jets. So pretty even game. But like I said, that last category there turnovers is going to tell you a, is going to tell you a big story. So I don't have a ton of guys who didn't play well necessarily. I have some that popped, but it's always guys who struggled is going to be rewatch type things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I didn't see too many bad performances on the Brown side. Um, you know, I think it's still a little disappointing to only have 11 more plays than your opponent when you had, uh, when you won the turnover battle three zip, I think you should do a little better than that. <laughs> but, um, you know, a couple of those are, I was a little upset, uh, you know, at the play calling early, you know, and I just, it'll be interesting on the rewatch to see how much things really did change from a schematic standpoint, uh, when Baker got in the game. Uh, whether it did, whether it didn't, um, and uh, if it did, how how so? Yeah. So I, I'll be interested to see that because uh, I was fuming angry, uh, you know, by by our third possession probably yep. uh, at how this offense was functioning. It's uh, it, it was. I'll say this: I do recall them, and I'll probably chart it tomorrow. I do recall them more in the gun with Baker than with Tyrod which I think if we're looking at schematically what changed, I thought getting in the gun, allowing some some confusion for how defenses were going to cover you led to some success. So, you know, when you can – when you the Browns are in 12 and 13 personnel and Tyrod's playing and you have a good feel for what's coming, and even if they play action, they're only running a two-man route, it's so easy to cover. So I thought when the Browns found more firsts and second down – what I call neutral situations where there's no heavy favored balance of run pass. That's when they took advantage of some different things that they could do. And that's when running lanes open up. Like I told you, I'm I'm a big believer that if teams defenses are playing on their toes, you got a problem as an offense. You have to be able to put them pre-snap on their feet, on their heels or the middle of their feet so that they are retreating in some capacity or they're just standing their ground because that's when run lanes happen. And that's what we saw. I'm not sure that, and I'll I'll look at it and I'll try to be as, I I will be, I'll be as objective as I can, but I, I didn't notice anything that they haven't done before. So, um, you know, obviously the little Philly special stuff or whatever you want to call that reverse throw was fun. But, um, you know, even that little, 
uh, tight end pop, that little, it could be an RPO. It could be a, you know, just a play action. We called it is pop back when I was coaching that they, they did that route week one with, with Tyron. It went off into Joku's hands. So that's something they've had in their playbook before. I just thought Baker was more decisive and, and, uh, had a better feel for where pressure was coming from his pocket presence, especially that one ball that he got out. Uh, yeah, I think he had worked stepping up and then he was working to his right and the defensive end on his high side was coming back down to collapse. He put his left foot in the ground and hopped back out of the way and got around him. It was really impressive. Yeah, that looked like Oklahoma. It did, and he got out and he completed that ball to Landry on the sideline. And even that ball to Orson Charles on the sideline that should have been caught too that Troy Aikman said was got away from him. I, I'm not sure what Troy Aikman's doing because that some of the stuff he says is just – are you guys even watching the game? So um, <laughs> you got to be careful and just simply listening to announcers. But but yeah, no, I, I, John, I got I got to watch it again, man. I didn't feel anything schematically. They weren't an empty a ton. You know, they weren't doing different weird scheme them open type of play. I felt like they just ran offense. I didn't feel like anybody was really schemed open. I didn't see any sort of stretch play action, eye manipulation stuff that I'm a big fan of. It was just sort of we're lining up in the gun and we're going to inside zone you. We're going to outside zone you a little bit from under center and stop this kid that's got a hot hand right now. And he's doing what we've done. The nothing's changing. And, and uh, yeah, I think that that's, that's my big takeaway is that just Baker played more confidently. He did what we think he can do as a, as a player. And that was the difference that made the difference tonight. It, it certainly did. I mean, uh, you know, the whole, the whole team, you know, um, I don't want to hear any more about, you know, whether I know there was some, uh, talk in the draft process about, you know, whether Baker is a truck or a trailer, uh, meaning, you know, uh, whether he elevates basically around him or not, or if he's, you know, a guy that, uh, is, you know, is just kind of going to facilitate playmakers. Uh, but, you know, I think you really, really got a good glimpse of, you know, Baker being a truck for this team. I mean, he came in, the entire offense changed uh, just from an attitude standpoint, from an effort standpoint. Um, you know, he uh, he was excellent. And I just I, I couldn't have imagined a better debut for him uh, as we move on here. No, it, it that is that is spot on. Like I I I mean. Anytime I, for some reason, I doubt where I come from sometimes is I just don't want to be wrong about Baker because I put a lot of my quarterback reputation in his lap. <laughs> like, sure. I just, I didn't want to be wrong and I just didn't want to pressure the whole thing. And I was even against putting him in tonight because I didn't, I didn't want him coming into what I thought was a mess. But I, like you said, the, the phrase that it could not have gone better for him is is pretty accurate other than maybe throwing himself a touchdown pass at some point. I don't know what could have gone better for him in terms of just statistically feel general feel bringing his team back from down 14, nothing when he entered the game, the franchise feeling like it's at an all time low. I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. You know, I, I've always said this and when we have candid conversation about, how lost the Browns are as a franchise. And I've had this conversation with so many people in the past just year and it dates prior, but I've always said eventually they will draft somebody who is big enough to handle the challenge and just doesn't care. 
and they'll be the guy and it'll all change. And all of a sudden we'll go from the Browns clowns to this, this is, this is a functioning normal quality franchise. And I don't know, man, I, I, I don't ever want to get out in front of myself, but like you said, John, it couldn't have gone any better for him for the fan base on the national stage. This wasn't even a Sunday. It was a, it was a national stage game. It was, um, yeah, it's not, it's not hyperbole to say it could not have gone any better. Cause sometimes people throw cliches out and hyperbole and it doesn't make sense because it, it could have gone better. What do you mean? <laughs> no, like it couldn't, it couldn't have gone better for the kids. So it's awesome. So, um, yeah, man. I don't know. I, I, I still kind of feel like woozy about it. It's, 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 uh, it's surreal, buddy. Yeah, I'm riding high right yeah. now, just flat out. And I know it's going to carry over into tomorrow, uh, where I will be tired, but I will be a happy, tired Browns fan on a Friday, uh, in the first time in, uh, God knows how long, probably since 2014 when, uh, uh, we beat the Bengals, but, um, <clears throat> on Thursday night yep. football. But moving on here, um, how about we talk about Sam Darnold? You know, this is a guy that uh, I think that is going to be intrinsically, you know, attached to Baker for his whole career because we made that choice at number one because New York got Sam Darnold. Uh, you know, the fan base was, you know, split to a certain extent. You know, you and I, we talk about how we were on the Baker train. And uh, that's one thing. I think a lot of people by the end of the process really liked Baker, but the number of people, that were willing to say that that's the guy I would take at number one was much, much, much smaller. Uh, so, um, you know, we're always going to be comparing these two quarterbacks. It's just the way it goes. They're in the same class. Uh, you know, we'll see how their careers unfold. Uh, how did you think the Browns did and what do you think the Browns did to uh, limit Darnold's effectiveness to put it nicely? He never felt settled. Um, now let's get this straight. They don't have weapons there out of Quincy Inunua, which we highlighted in the pregame yesterday. They don't have anybody. They feel comfortable throwing the ball to on the outside. And even Robbie Anderson, who's a real burner, they've, they're starting to lose trust in him. And it was, you know, tonight's fumble was worse, you know? So for his overall situation, Terrell Pryor, was he there? I didn't see him. I mean, <laughs> who else? I mean, Christopher Herndon's their tight end, who you and I had discussions in the pre uh, pre game about. He, I saw him as a blocking Y tight end coming out, so he's not a factor. Who are they throwing the ball to, John? I don't, you know that that's a part of it. They obviously ran the ball well, which should have led to more play action success for them. But I didn't feel like Jeremy Bates called a very good game. They didn't really establish anything off of play action from the stretch stuff that they were running effectively, which was disappointing. I'm sure people in the Jets uh, Twitter universe or even, you know, whatever fan base are complaining about a little bit of that. But I just don't know. I don't know who they throw it to all the time there. And noon was fine. I'm sure he had several catches. But for the most part, it's it's going to be Sam getting things schemed open for him. Like a lot of his yards tonight came off of quick screens and um, easier throws. He didn't really throw the ball. Other than that, he had that 23 yard ball down the middle of the field and the, you know, the Browns are in prevent there when he was on the goal line, but 
He didn't look comfortable, John. He didn't look comfortable. He was inaccurate in a lot of situations. He did some of the stuff that people like about him, his working outside of structure. He's he's you know, he's pretty sound in the pocket, but until they get him some weapons, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of games like we saw tonight, that like fifteen of twenty eight for one sixty, one seventy, one eight. I just I don't see him taking this group to a whole new level. So um, but the Browns did well. They they blitzed him the Browns have to figure out how to cover screens. If they're going to blitz, figure out how to cover right. screens out of blitzes. That's that's my only gripe about their defense is three times, yeah. three times they burned us. Figure out, out how to cover out of that stuff. Like there's always they they don't stay true to lanes. Two guys are going outside and it's an easy loop. Like be sound. They're not sound. I'm cool with blitzing in situations, but you know they they had an answer for that all the time too. So whatever. But it you know I'm complaining about stuff when we win. So. They did well. They stymied the kid. The front four got after him, made him feel uncomfortable. Uh, I didn't feel Sam bring the group around him to a whole new level. I thought the running backs really carried the workload with that group. So, um, you know, it's it's silly. It's 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 uh, a kid coming into a short week off of a Miami game. It's not an excuse. The Baker had the same short week. We talked about this. So, and he'll tell you it's not an excuse, but they, they have to play. He has to play better, but. I like our guy, man. I like our guy. And, you know, you and I have liked him since uh, September when he when he went into the horseshoe and and beat him. So there's, uh, you know, beat Ohio State. So I just leave tonight feeling like I like other than nothing crazy other than I like our guy. And I'm glad we have the guy that we have. I would have found a way to be okay with Sam. He was my, you know, second ranked quarterback in the in the class. But um, you know, it is, it's, it's, it's going to be ups and downs for all these guys. Baker will have just, just the same types of downs that Sam had tonight. It'll, it'll all happen. It's all of an up and down sort of thing. You're learning as you go as a, as a quarterback in the NFL and teams get more and more tape on Baker. They'll take away things he's comfortable with and try to make him do other things. So we'll see a little bit of that too. But for tonight, we got the best of Sam Darnold. We made him look like a rookie and uh, our rookie showed up and, and played well when it mattered most. Hell yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, can't say it much better than that. You know, uh, just like you had said, like it, it got to the point during the, that draft process where, uh, you know, I was standing so hard for Baker that when they did the impossible in my mind and, and actually took him at number one, uh, I got a little nervous <laughs> just because uh, I wasn't sure, you know, the, putting that much into it and putting that much out there, um, you know, you don't want to be dead wrong about that but uh it, it appears we were not um kid looks great uh, i am thrilled and excited as hell uh for the rest of the season uh, i'm anticipating uh you know lucky for us here on that short week you know it's it's almost like a mini buy uh to work him into the game plan there so uh, you know i'm hoping that uh there's no shenanigans there and we're watching Baker next week and for the rest of the season and for the next 10 years so you know i'm riding high uh, we got that win. Uh, it feels good to get that monkey off the back. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to go to the West coast against the Raiders. You know, uh, we could, you know, we could be sitting at two, one and one next week. You know, it's very doable, very doable. So, you know, I'm full of optimism right now. So, um, you know, I guess, uh, I don't have too much more to say tonight. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm happy. I'm going to sleep happy for a change after a Browns game. So, um, 
you know, let's, let's get this thing going. Yeah, you're right, John. Spot on, buddy. We'll break down the Raiders later. You know, we won't be back until, I guess we won't be back until Friday of next week, but we'll have a good feel for who the Raiders are. I'll watch them Sunday. I'll watch them, you know, obviously again, through, um, excuse me, throughout the week, but there's no denying it's a winnable game. A game I'm sure the coaching staff is going to peg as a must win because after that it gets heavy. I think there's Baltimore week four and then, I know in that mix somewhere they have the Falcons and the Buccaneers Chargers. and the Chargers. So yeah, it gets heavy, man. So, um, but yeah, buddy, we're we're two, we're one, one and one. We're you know we have a better record than our neighbors in, in Pennsylvania. And yeah, <laughs> let's let's go to bed happy. Let's let's call it a night and uh, a wrap and and feel good and all that all the stuff that comes from your NFL franchise getting it done. Sounds good to me, man. I'm ready to hit the pillow uh, with a smile on my face. So <laughs> go Browns. And uh, I can't wait to see some of the breakdowns you get uh, coming up here so that we can get a little deeper into it. I think maybe um, we'll we'll cover a little bit uh, of what you saw on film uh, in the pregame show for, for next yeah. week. But, yeah, dive into uh, uh, Browns film breakdown, guys, tomorrow. I'll, I recorded the game off of Reddit. So I have it quickly and uh, I'll get it. I'll get, you know, what is it? It's Jesus 1252. I'll probably just cut it as I go and make a whole day out of it tomorrow. So don't tell my work what I'm doing. Keep that on the low, but uh, <laughs> um, we'll get it. We'll get the clips up. We'll get everybody feeling good. It's my first Browns film breakdown coverage of a, a, a Monday. Well, it's technically Friday, but a day after game win. So that'll be fun. Absolutely. All right, Jake. Well, uh, I will catch you soon. Uh, I'm going to head to bed here. So uh, have a good night, man, and uh, I'll, I'll be looking forward to seeing that stuff All tomorrow. right, buddy. Yep, absolutely. And uh, as usual, man, go Browns. Go freaking Brownies. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.